Here's the thing. White boys get all eyes, because it's, 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 it's a fact. We know that, but look, look. Did I get a nomination? No, and you know why? Because I because I ain't played none of them slave roles or get my ass whipped. That's when you get the nomination. Kid, that's what Black dude play a slave role, get his ass whipped, he get the nomination. The white boy play an idiot, they get the Oscar. Maybe I should play, get me, find me a script as a retarded slave, then I get the Oscar. Oh, I'm gonna schmooze. I'll be right back. Yeah, go find that script. Fuck the Wonder Slave. Ready, steady. Let's do it. Okay. Let's hit it. Let's hit. Don't hit. We don't hit. Sorry. Rock and roll. All right. Cool. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. And good evening. Bonsoir. Oui. Bonsoir. <laughs> Très bien. <laughs> I have now used up half of my French. Il ne parle pas français. <laughs> yep. So... Il est très mal. <laughs> I imagine that's true. Mm-hmm. Welcome to How Have You Not Seen This? Yes, it, it's a podcast where uh, we show each other movies for the first time and say, Hey, you, hey, how have you not seen this? A lot of judgment. There's a lot of judgment, generally by me. me yeah, I have, I have a lot of blind spots. I'm working on it. Uh, but he's okay with it. Mm-hmm. I'm Daniel. That's Tracy. Hi. Hey, everybody. I want to start off first by uh, saying that we have a Patreon page now. We do. Which we're super excited about because mm-hmm. we already have three backers what? and we are super excited about them. That's awesome. Um, and uh, it is at just like everything else. You just put in not seen this pod. So it's patreon.com slash not seen this pod. And that's us. And uh, you will find our tiers are, of course, named after characters from The Godfather mm-hmm. because we are just that weird. And uh, the rewards come, um, the rewards are stuff like bonus episodes, polls you can vote in, being named as being called out every single time yeah. for every single shout out. Yeah, like having a, like your, per, your permanent sponsor mm-hmm. or um, just like a one time shout out, mm-hmm. uh, just all sorts of fun yeah, stuff. You can tell us what to do. There's, you can vote on stuff. Yeah, we'll, I'll even kill Daniel. Oh, shit. That's uh, that's one that you have to. That's the special tier you and I. I'm hearing talk. about this for the first time. You and I need to talk, and I don't like that. Um, I, but if the money's do- worth it, he does have a price. God, it's probably really <laughs> low too. No, 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 no. Okay, I'm not going to like jail 50 for fifty bucks. No, God, no. Sixty bucks. No, I wouldn't kill you for anything less than ten million. Oh, cool. I know. That's so sweet. I know, baby. Was that in your vows? That sounds like it's from your vows. <laughs> It's, ring, it's ringing a bell. Super ghoulish. Yeah, I'm not killing my husband. We just watched. We just finished watching Mindhunter, so we're all like, "What if they found the bodies in the river?" Like we're yeah. in like a weird headspace. So let's talk about a movie. Yeah, let's talk about a movie. Um, and oddly enough, I did not do any research because I'm not supposed to, and it really drives me crazy because I like doing the research. I know. It's, um, that's what's fun for me. But I do want to say I think it's really cool that uh, Price and I did The Matrix last week, which is 1999, and today we are talking about another movie from 1999. Yep. Today we're talking about Bowfinger from 1999, starring Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy, directed by Frank Oz, written by Steve Martin. Uh, Again, it was, as Tracy just said, it was a release in the very packed year of 1999. Uh, The year of the movie. a A lot of big stuff happened that year, so... Uh, we just watched this the other night. I think we had a really good time. I, of course, saw this when it came out. 
uh, and, and loved it and I've loved it ever since. I've seen it a bunch since then. But this was new to Tracy. So Tracy, how have you not seen this? I, I don't, I just never. Had you heard of it before? Um, no. Because, oh yeah, I should be clear. The other day we were talking about movie to watch and I said, let's watch Bowfinger. And she was like, okay. She was really cool about it and supportive because she was like, you get to pick the movie. But when she saw what it was, she's like, oh, I didn't expect this. She thought I had meant the movie Kingpin. Yes. I have not seen and don't really feel there like There were seeing. a ton, a ton, a ton of trailers for it when it came out. And I remember yeah. thinking, this looks gross and weird and I don't want to see it. So just the name Kingpin and Bowfinger bled together in your I head. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, Bowfinger, I never saw a trailer for it. I, if I did, I don't remember. Mm. I never heard anything about it. It was a forgotten film. I mean, Jesus, we really do need to do a special episode where we just list every the movie from 1999. I've been waiting for 20 years to do that. Okay, well, we can do that. We'll I mean, get since Price before involved. podcasts. We'll get Price like, involved. I was like, one day there's going to be podcasts and I will find a purpose. He can call in. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, that was mine. I just didn't. Just you just never saw it. Never yeah, got it. I mean, it, never I didn't heard even, about it. Yeah, that's what's cool. I see. Like, I think that's what's neat about doing this show. Like, sometimes one of us sees a movie that we know about, but just never got around to seeing. Right. Or have heard about, uh, but just kind of like it drifted into the background. Like, I mean, for me, Ruthless People was a great example because I knew of it vaguely, but never got around to seeing it. Something like that. But it's really cool that you had no idea what this was. Like when I the, knew the name and that was it. When the screen came up to rent it and it was a, just a still image of Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy, you were like, oh, like you had no idea what this was going right, to be. Right, right. So, uh, but you seemed to enjoy it. I loved it. Awesome. That makes I me happy. I absolutely loved that it. Makes me I happy. highly recommend it to everyone. I will do a quick recap of the movie for people. Bowfinger. Wait, wait. I will say though. Yo, okay, sorry. As, as a Frank Oz film, uh-huh. I was... A little disappointed there were no Muppets. Yeah. Just throwing That's it out there. That's the extended version. It's all Muppets. Oh, my The DVD. God. Size Seriously, two of the DVD is all Muppets. if they made that movie... Oh, my God. I'm just, like, freaking out at the thought of that movie made by Muppets. I know you are. Like, I'm losing my mind. I know you are. It's okay. Oh, You take a minute. God. There you go. Okay. I'm calm now. Okay. Like, I'm freaking out. I know. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out inside. I know you are. Especially so, the Betsy scene. Yes. So, uh, to recap real quick, Bowfinger stars Steve Martin as Bobby Bowfinger, a fringe of the fringe of the fringe Hollywood type who makes, like, schlocky, straight, what we would call, like, straight-to-video movies. Like, just, like, monster picks, genre picks, crappy stuff in, in like, little low-rent, indie, 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 crappy movies. Uh, and spaghetti westerns. Yes, he yeah, really really junky stuff like low grade um, stuff. So he has his coworker slash accountant slash part time receptionist write a script uh, for a sci fi action movie called Chubby Rain about aliens <laughs> who come down in raindrops. Which all I can think of is Chubby Rain, mm-hmm. Chubby Rain. Yeah. So uh, he wants to make this Woo-hoo. movie, and he decides to make it with the biggest action star in Hollywood, Kit Ramsey, played by Eddie Murphy. But why? Um, because he realizes he kind of schmoozes an agent uh, in, a, in a fake setup, and the agent pawning him off says, hey, if you bring me Kit Ramsey, we'll make this movie, just to kind of get rid of him, basically. It's a producer, and it's Robert Downey Jr., yeah, so, and Robert Downey Jr. playing his... Youth, yeah, we'll like, talk about Robert Downey in a okay. minute. Um, You're but just uh, so, telling the plot wrong, but, yeah. you know, trying yeah, so, to... So he says, I'm going to make this movie with Kit Ramsey, uh, but we obviously can't afford Kit Ramsey. So what we're going to do is we're going to shoot around Kit Ramsey. 
and we're going to film all our scenes. And then when it comes time to shoot the kit scenes, we'll just walk up and say the lines and he won't even know he's in the movie. So basically it's about how do we make this movie with a guy who doesn't know he's going to be in the movie uh, and hijinks ensue. Well, and the, and only his cameraman knows that they're going to do that. The yeah. cast does not know. The cast thinks it's a legit movie and that Kit Ramsey, Eddie Murphy again, for unknown method actor reasons, doesn't want to see anyone, talk to anyone, know that the camera exists. Only Steve Martin is Bobby Bowfinger and his uh, lead cameraman, played by Jamie Kennedy in a very 1999 bit of casting. Indeed. Uh know the real secret which is of course they don't have permission to shoot kit ramsey nor can they afford him so they're just shooting around him uh and so they try and make the movie yes and sorry for the uh wail from our producer yeah sadie's being she just discovered that uh she had not uh raised the gain on this recording so she had to yeah and she went to producing school it's embarrassing. She's not good. It's embarrassing. She definitely did not get good grades at producing school. No. Probably because she's a dog. Indeed. She Although did. there is a very talented dog in this film. Oh, segue. There the is. Bets. There's the a dog Betsy named Betsy in this movie. Dog. It's a great dog. So anyway, uh, that's kind of the, the rough setup. Uh, one of the twists that we have to obviously we have to talk about that comes about halfway through is they wind up at one point casting... Uh, doubles. They need somebody to double for Kit Ramsey in some faraway scenes, and some lighting, butt some scenes. butt scenes. So they put out a casting call and they wind up hiring a young man named Jif who looks just like Kit Ramsey because he is played by Eddie Murphy. Yes. So this is one of those movies where Eddie Murphy plays multiple characters. Yes, except this didn't feel like a farce. Yeah, it's not a Nutty Professor situation. There's no like CG. Uh, actually, one of the things that I can talk about is Eddie. It was Eddie Murphy's uh, insistence. He didn't want to do like prosthetics or anything crazy. Like the character of Jif is a bit goofier and wears wears braces, yeah, and some glasses. But other than that, it's it's Eddie Murphy. It's all body language comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really natural that way. So so you wind up having Eddie Murphy playing Kit, who they're filming around that doesn't know he's in the movie, and then Eddie Murphy also playing Jif, who looks just like Kit. And is trying to do his best in the scenes. I think it's pronounced GIF. I think that's what everyone's decided on. That's terrible. (laughs) That's terrible. It hurts because it actually is GIF. (laughs) And when people say it's a GIF, like a moving GIF image, I'm like, It's not a GIF. Listen, if you think it's GIF, I want you to stop listening to this podcast because you are not our kind of people. But no, but or, or donate to our Patreon and thank you. And then don't listen. Then don't listen. But you can still donate. We appreciate your support. Yes. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so. Are you, uh, did you just become one of the girls from My Favorite Murder? It actually kind of felt Thank like. Thank you. Bye. It actually felt more like uh, Jonathan Van Ness just inhabited my body briefly for a moment. That, you know what? I'd be okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So. I'd like Anthony to inhabit my body. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> That's right. We didn't even plan that. wasn't written. Let's take a moment. This is my life. Let's take a moment. Let's not and say we did. All right. Okay. So uh, so that's the basic gist of the movie. Uh, it also stars uh, Heather Graham as a young, fresh off the bus, wannabe actress who is cast in the movie as well. Uh, Christine Baranski. National treasure. Na- f- uh, fantastic. I have never seen The Good Wife or The Good, or the good Fight, but way to go, Christine Baranski. No, no, no. That's... 
Oh my God! Also, if that things. is what you are going on, Christine Baranski is screen. yes, yes, she is a gift. She I is know. she is a blessing. She's awesome. Did you ever see Sybil? I know she was on Sybil. Oh my God! I think she won an Emmy for that. She probably did. I think she's won multiple to. Emmy. I'm gonna look her up while you keep talking. Okay, so that's the plot. She's amazing. Of Finger came out in 1999, directed again by Frank Oz and written by Steve Martin. Produced by Brian Grazer. Brian Grazer and Imagine Entertainment. The very uh, tiny Brian Grazer. Frank Oz, the director, if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he is not just a director, he is also a puppeteer and voice actor who... Yoda! Uh, yeah, he's he's Yoda. He's the puppeteer and voice of Yoda. And Miss Piggy. Yes, many other things, but I mean... Yoda is is right up there. He also did Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, and Sam the Eagle on the original Muppet Show. And he did Cookie Monster, Bert, and Grover. It is at times like these that Street. I am proud to be an American. Yeah. Great voice actor, <laughs> great puppeteer. Worked alongside Jim Henson, of course, for years. And was Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, Jedi. Actually, Yoda in all the Star Wars movies. Did yes. the voice. Even when they, like, CGI'd Yoda, he would do the voice. Yes. So... He's a treasure. Yeah. So Frank Oz is, is in addition to doing that, he also is a director. He got into directing uh, by co-directing The Dark Crystal in 82. Oh, Jesus Christ. With Jim Henson, which is a fucked up movie. Listen, if you are an Xer or possibly, I'm going to say. I'm a, a wire and I, I no, saw No, you're it. an Xennial kind of. Oh, I am. I'm that middle ground. I was born if in 82. If you're an Xer or an Xennial, that kind of, you know, time you were probably fucked up by the dark crystal and you know what we're here for you we love you and um you can talk to us i remember renting it as a child my sister and i my sister sarah and i would watch it and i thought it was pretty weird it scared the living daylights out of her there's a scene where the giant bird man like dies and crumbles into dust well, spoilers. Conniption. Yeah. Spoilers for a 37-year-old movie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. A bad guy dies in a puppet movie from the Reagan era. You're going to be fine. Um, yeah. Wait, was it that puppet Reagan from that uh, I don't like that at all. Genesis. We're not going to talk about that. That is upsetting. <laughs> I do not this like that music This is the video. world we live in. Whoa. I couldn't even These tell you. These are the hands nope. we give. Whoa. First of all, I love that you can do the song. I couldn't have done the song. I've just seen the video, and I don't like it at all. It's, it's disturbing, and I'm going to post it. I don't, so, I don't like it. So anyway, after after Dark Crystal in 82, he directed The Muppets Take Manhattan. He directed Little Shop of Horrors in 86, which was his first of four movies with Steve Martin. He also directed Dirty Rotten Scoundrels in, in 88 with Steve Martin. He did What About Bob in 91. He did House Sitter in 92 with oh Steve Martin. Oh my God, he did House Sitter? Mm -hmm. Okay, House Sitter, listen. You know how we all have like our guilty pleasures of movies that sure. are not going to like in any way win any awards or any sort of... But House Sitter is just one of those precious gem mm -hmm. movies. I fucking love Goldie Hawn. She's great. Like she is a part of my family. <laughs> and no, I mean, I don't know why. Like right. I think it's because my parents started me super young with like laughing and that kind of stuff and so sure. i'm just like yeah goldie hahn i know her clearly right we're friends um and she and uh um what's his butt play off each other steve martin, steve martin play off each other so goddamn well mm -hmm. it's like there's one moment where he turns to her and goes shall we <laughs> it's after the it's so oh my god he's like shall we sing down by the river because that's where gonna, they're gonna find your body and she goes grow feathers and shit in a tree 
it's a weird comeback. I love it so much. It's I a may weird... make you watch it. I've never seen it. It's not. You're going to watch it and be like, ugh. Right. Because it's very, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those very average movies. No, you know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's so just what you want. Sure. Yeah. If you're so, just like. So Frank Oz did that. He did The Indian in the Cupboard in 95. He did In and Out in 97. Also good. And then he did Bowfinger in 99. That was his fourth movie with Steve Martin. He went on to do a few more movies, but he hasn't directed since uh, 2007. Most recently, he did uh, a little independent, like, self-funded and distributed documentary in 2017 called Muppet Guys Talking, which is him and several other original Muppet puppeteers and cast members just talking about their their work uh, as as puppeteers. But he has not really directed a feature uh, in more than more than a decade. So uh, that's Frank Oz. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. What's our happening producers here? all up in my business. What's happening here? Which is in a probes. We um, need a video feed for this podcast so people you... can see the crap we deal with. I'm telling you. And I'm talking about you, mainly. She She's the coloring of a cow. Like, she's black and white. And she's about we... as smart. I mean, she's going to get... Yep. She's going to knock stuff over. And you're just... Sorry about that. Little and pause. we're back. That was uh, basically my life mm-hmm. in just a little spell. Like mm-hmm. the dog being annoying, Daniel crashing and breaking something, trying to stop her, mm-hmm. and me just being completely exasperated. Yeah, that was our life. Mm-hmm. Just right there. You like just missed it. You missed it. And uh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of the tears of Patreon is not... Having to no, oh. not having to deal with us. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to do you want to know what I think? How, yes, I would love you... to know what you think about the movie. Okay, I thought it was fantastic. Yes, obviously. Um, I wanted to know. Um, so, one thing that you did not mention that I thought was worth mentioning was, was uh, Robert Downey Jr. was plays this sleazy producer uh, in this and makes a promise to. Um, Steve Martin's to Bowfinger, he says, you know, uh, get me Kit Ramsey and I'll produce your film. Sure. And uh, and then it's just because he's totally not. He totally did not mean it. Yeah, he was saying it just to um, get rid of him. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Bring me Kit Ramsey. I'll make your movie. They end up stealing his car later, which I think is really funny. Yeah. They don't realize it's his car, but they end up stealing it. Yeah. Um, I wondered when when this was in regards to Soap Dish, which is another movie that um, yes. Robert Downey Jr. plays a sleazy guy in and uh soap dish was 91 and that's one that i am going to i'm just let you guys know i am going to be showing daniel at some point because it is a fucking amazing movie Mm -hmm. with incredible talent um do you want to hear something random i soap dish and bowfinger had the same director of photography if you say that he also did die hard i'm gonna kill you he didn't okay but that's very interesting it was i thought when did RDJ have his breakdown? I was going to talk about that. Yeah, because he's... Because that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, that's the thing. So Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie again. This came out in 1999. Robert Downey Jr., for those of you who have been around, 
are probably familiar with the fact that he um, had what we're going to call some legal troubles <laughs> at just, one point. Just a tad. Just yes. a bit. So Very small. Yeah. Uh, he, he had some... He was in his mid-30s when this came out. He was born in, in uh, I think, 65. So uh, in terms of where he was in his trajectory of 99, of course, he was humongous in the 80s, where he really broke in the 80s and early 90s. He had a lot of legal issues from, like, 96 to 01. A lot of, like, arrests. Drugs. Drug issues. A lot of problems. So when this came out, he was in the middle of doing a lot of, like, indie movies and supporting roles. Kind of like he was about to start rehabbing his image because... He had done, like, Two Girls and a Guy, also with Heather Graham, um, not long before this. He'd done, you know, some roles, nothing huge, nothing big. He was kind of just working through stuff. He was about to start going on a nice run because in 2000, right after this came out, is when he got his role as a recurring on Ally McBeal. Yes. For which he won an award. Holy crap, I forgot that. Also, in the t- early 2000, also in 2000, he did Wonder Boys. Which you're going to show me. Which is a great movie. And then, of course, in the mid-aughts, he starts to revamp his career and do more, like, critically acclaimed and stuff. Like, he starts getting some really good roles, like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, yes, that's one of your favorites. Good Night and Good Luck in It's a 05. really good one, yes. Zodiac, of course, a brilliant oh movie. And then Tropic Thunder. So, but so I, all that I just, love how you say Tropic Thunder, but you don't mention Iron Man. Well, no, that's, that's the thing. Like, which is why he is right is, now a bajillionaire. Yeah, the thing is, that's what sucks. Like, it was the best thing that ever happened to his bank account, but the worst thing that ever happened to him in terms of like a performer. Well, because no, I mean, he's he left for a reason, so yeah, maybe could, now he can get he back can do to other stuff, doing, yeah. other, um, doing other stuff. That's why Chris Evans left. This is true. This is true. I think he definitely. He definitely got uh, got got paid and got famous and got a lot of money out of being Iron Man, but you know, like and after was so perfect. Of course, for after it. Iron Man happens, he makes a couple of the movies as uh, as he could at the production, like the soloist of Sherlock Holmes. He does I some other random Sherlock stuff, Holmes. Uh, and he does uh, the Judge, which was not well received in 2014, as well as a bit role in Chef. But aside from Sherlock Holmes, he does he doesn't really do much besides Tony Stark from like 20, 2008 through this year in Avengers Endgame. So, in terms of where he was in 99, he was doing stuff like, I mean, in 97, he did Two Girls and a Guy. Wait, where was he in jail? Uh, ooh, let's I'll find that out. 98, he did The Gingerbread Man in U.S. Marshals. So, remember him in U.S. Marshals as, like, a sleazy oh. kind of, like, scummy dude? No. Oh, he was the, he was the scummy bad guy, um, Crooked Marshall. That was when he was, like, in his stage of his career. Yes. Yes, he was, yeah. Sorry, just got it. It was the stage of his career where he was, like... He was still obviously very well known because it's Robert Downey Jr., but dealing with legal issues, making some not great movies. He's not like the lead. 99. Yeah. So. Uh, 96, they found heroin, cocaine, mm-hmm. and a pistol in his car. Mm-hmm. But he was sent to prison for violating probation in 99. Yeah. He had a rough like five years and then started to rehab his you career with some better roles. Props to him for being like, I am not going to let this take me down. He's been sober, according down, to his account, down. since 2003. So good for him. And That's he credits his years. wife, which yeah. I love. 16 years. So all that to say, I met him once. in terms of where this is, this is when he's kind of in the middle of a lot of that drug and legal issue stuff and making some not great movies, but working. He's He's past the initial humongous Robert Downey Jr. explosion phase, but he's not yet to the career revamp of Tropic Thunder, Tony Stark, Sherlock Holmes. He's just kind of 
out there. Right. So uh, he's actually perfectly cast as a dick producer in this because at that time in his career in life, that was a great role for him. Yes. So yes. Mm-hmm. Did you hear me say that I've met him? You. When did you meet Robert Downey Jr.? You're not going to want to know. I literally just asked. Okay. Okay, listeners, it's time for a dark, dirty secret. Do I need to settle in? I feel like it's time for a dark, dirty secret that um, I'm, I feel like I should make you pay for. It should be a Patreon thing. Uh, Although I also don't want to alienate any listeners. So if this uh, upsets you. Oh, I know what it is. Just deal with it and move on. I think you do. Um, in 1992. Oh, I know what this is. When I was 15 years old. Oh, God. I spent an entire summer at uh, the Astrodome, Astro Arena. Well, that's what it was called back then. Uh, as an intern for the Republican National Convention. Wow. Let's all take a minute. Uh, yeah. Um, that's like not even... For those of you who know me, that's IRL. I can't even wrap my head around it. As the kids I know say, you. it is a legit bonkers thing to think about. But I would like to remind you that I was raised in a very conservative home by a very conservative tax attorney um, who was like good friends with flipping, you know, the Secretary of Commerce and, uh, you know, like knew the Bushes. I mean, like, the, it's not. Hey, we all do things when we're teenagers Actually, that we wouldn't do later. Actually, that's who got me the gig was Mossbacker because he was head of the, I think he was head of the Republican National, I think he was head of the committee. Okay. And so dad's like, hey, can she work? And he's like, yeah, bring. And so I will say this, one of the best summers of my life. I would do it again in a heartbeat and I'll tell you why. Not because of the politics, but because of the people that I got to meet. I was a press liaison and I got to meet like Literally, you name a famous um, reporter, and I got to meet them, and they were all way cool. Peter and, Jennings. Yes. <gasps> way over the bullshit. I got to meet all the cameramen. They all trade um, enamel. They all trade pins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have all these really cool pins. Um, like, I got – I was really in with the people at CNN, and I got a bunch of CNN pins, and apparently those were really hard to get. So I became, like, the kid to go to. They'd be like, hey, I hear you have CNN. What can I give you? And I'm like, I want the Olympics from Norway. They're like, but that's a really hard – and I'm like, give it to me. And they're like, okay. I mean, it was like we were so, dealing drugs in the back alley. First of all – Oh, but anyway, amazing, but like, so – How did Robert Downey Jr. get to the Republican National Convention? He was there. Just chilling? Yeah, he was there. We were walking, and we were walking – to the uh i don't know if he's a republican i don't know if he was just there to fuck around honey i mean there's you know republicans are kind of hidden in hollywood because they don't feel like they can say that they're republicans but they're guys like pat sajak and chuck woolery well and other game oh my god okay hang on adam so hang on so anyway, we were walking towards, walking to the dome where they had the the actual convention, you know, where all the idiots were with their hats. I'm sorry, delegates. Um, and uh, I was walking next to this guy and everyone was talking to him, this short guy. And I was like, why is everybody? And I turned to look at him and I go, oh my God, that's Robert Downey Jr. And I was like, Hi. My name's Tracy. He's like, hi, I'm Robert. I was like, it's very nice to meet you. I really enjoy your work. He's like, oh, it's very nice. Thank you. And I was like, oh, okay. Was he there promoting Chaplin? I don't know, but he was <laughs> there. I also met Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
That makes more sense. I know. I'm just telling you. Now, speaking of Chuck Woolery, uh, Lindsay, my sister, was uh, in Deer Valley one year and rode up a ski lift with Chuck Woolery and didn't know who he was. And there was a really long ski lift and he was super offended that she didn't know who he was. I can see that. So he was really pissed off. So imagine this like uh, 17-year-old girl super cute 17 year old girl and this old guy trying to impress her and she's like i don't know who you are and he's super pissed as they ride up he's a real house. jerk sandwich online he seems like an unpleasant <laughs> I just guy thought you'd like that no i did anyway that's my robert downey jr story that's how you met robert downey jr that's, that's how i met robert downey jr and please forgive me for working at the republican national convention we all um, make mistakes as children Although I, I met everybody, I mean, I met everybody. I met the president. I met former presidents. I met, it was for, for a kid who was, um, who said from an early age that she wanted to be a political analyst for the CIA. It was a high for me. Um, and then I actually worked at the Texas Capitol and I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah. And thus ended your brief, but illustrious stint in politics. Indeed. What? Nothing. Just looking around. Um, so. So. Okay. Okay. So keep going. Um, I noticed. I thought that the uh, the setup for Siyasaka was like kind of. Oh, gotcha suckers. The way. Thing, the oh, line, yeah. No, Siyasaka. Gotcha suckers. Gotcha suckers. The gotcha last line. suckers. Yeah, mm. that was like really obviously set up. And he's like, I want a catchphrase. Why can't I get a catchphrase? Mm. I need a catchphrase like this. Da da da. I'm like, okay. Well, obviously you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. The one that's at the that they talk about that's at the yeah. end of the movie. I thought that was. Um, I absolutely flipped for the Scientology. Um, uh, what would you call it? Parody. Parody call, called Mindhead. Yeah. And everybody wears these pyramid things on their head. paper pyramid hats. <laughs> they look so hilarious. Yeah. Um, and they're led by the illustrious, spectacular unstoppable force that is terrence stamp he's great he is he's the man a god he's awesome um and also an alien have you seen the limey yeah okay oh shoot i forgot if i, asked you I had a fucking dime I for keep... every time oh. you asked me if i'd seen the limey i I'm would sorry. be able to pay myself to kill you <laughs> <laughs> you ask me that all what's the other thing you always ask me have you read the ruins yeah I mean, you guys, the man <laughs> has a memory like mush. And I have a memory like mush, and that's me saying that. Oh, my God. So those two things really play off each other. Terrence well. Stamp, I could not love him more. Could not. I He's love his entire body of work. Of Mindhead. Yes. And if you haven't seen uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, oh, <laughs> please, God, please see it. You won't even, you, nothing will prepare you in your life for how fabulous this movie is. Guy Pierce, Hugo Weaving, and Terrence Stamp mm-hmm. as drag queens. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Just traveling across I Australia. I just dropped the mic. You mm-hmm. don't need anything else. It's a great movie. Um, I thought Eddie Murphy, listen, I from the moment I saw him on screen, I was like, please explain to me why this man has not won an Oscar. He was so good. He's genius. So fucking good he's so especially at this role that he played was just 
when he talks about how black men only win Oscars if they're slaves. No, black men only get nominated for Oscars when they play slaves, but white guys get... I'm going to use the R word, but this is what he said. I don't believe it's a quote from the movie. White guys win Oscars when they play retarded people. And he goes, find me. Find me a script with as a retarded slave. Yeah. And I lost it because clearly, obviously, that's not an appropriate word. And I understand that. But just the way that he yells it and then he gets a gun out and just starts randomly shooting it. It's he is exactly what you would imagine the biggest action star in the world to be um yeah back in that time he's egotistical he's yeah. brash he's he's kind really, of the anti-rock yeah he he he's really stuck up yes. arrogant awful yes. dude um yeah and that's this thing like he's he's a gifted but he's gifted not performer. but he but what i love about this is and and one of the, one of the reasons why i, I say like he should i think he's gotten on somebody's bad side and I think that he has been, that's why he's been basically black. Oh God, well, this is a terrible thing to say. Blacklisted um, from the Oscars because uh, he's had many roles, I believe, where he should have been nominated and he wasn't. I don't know. I mean, like, I think it's, it's. I'll talk about this later when I talk more about Steve Martin. I think it's the fact that he's a comedian. I think he, I think he's too mouthy. I think he pissed, I think he pissed somebody off. He was nominated for Dreamgirls. I feel like that was a toss off. I I don't feel like that's what he should have been nominated for. Yeah. Um. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens when um. Comes Dolomite out, is when my Dolomite name. is my name oh, comes out. Check that trailer out. Yeah. That, is the gem. that trailer looks incredible. It's coming to the theaters and Netflix this fall. Yeah. Dolomite yeah. is my name. Looks good. Um. So I loved how he played this jackass action star that who is also incredibly insecure and terrified of aliens and wants to show his penis, which I'm assuming is super tiny the way they laugh at him. Yeah. To the Lake, he wants uh, to, expose to, the Laker himself girls, to the Laker girls and has all these just major, major issues, which is why he goes to Mindhead and Terrence stamp, um, you know, pays Terrence stamp millions of dollars to counsel him. Although oddly enough, Terrence stamp seemed to counsel him very well. I don't right, Probably better than actual Scientology. Yeah, I don't, it really was not like Scientology. I was like, he just seems like a nice psychiatrist. It's, it's (laughs) it's clearly riffing on Scientology, but it's very gentle. It seems as though you're doing much better. Yes. Yes. Your paranoia is definitely under control since you came to understand happy premise. Number one, happy premise. Number one, there are no aliens. Happy premise number two. Happy premise number two. There is no giant foot trying to squash me. Happy premise number three. Happy premise number three. Even though I feel like I might ignite, I probably won't. So what do we do? Keep it together. Keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. And what is it we don't do under any circumstances? Oh, man. What is it? Look, I have to show it to the Laker girls. You cannot show it to the Laker girls. Keep Mr. Weenie in the pants. Always in the pants. I know you want to show it to the Laker girls, but you must never show it to the Laker girls. Uh, I liked the surprise about Daisy being a manipulative 
Daisy Heather Graham. Heather, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, no, uh, yeah. Yes, Heather she, Graham plays this name, ingenue yeah. named mm-hmm. Daisy. Great word. And I know I love that name. Uh, that is also a great song from Great Expectations. Ingenue. You know, the ingenue. Great Expectations is a musical? No, Great Expectations. Never mind. The movie. Um, when you came along, ingenue. Which version of Great Expectations? That's the one with Ethan Hawke. I never saw it. Okay, hang on. I'm going to play a little bit of it. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, it has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but I just wanted you to hear it because it's a really great song. Um, so she, you think she's this just wide-eyed ingenue, but tr- she's actually this super manipulative uh, young woman who who moves from guy to guy to guy. She's like, who makes, you know, first she's with the star, the actor, and then he's like, oh, well, um, I don't have anything to do with, you know, the writing that's so-and-so. And so then she sleeps with the writer and then she sleeps with the producer and then she sleeps with the cameraman. Like she's like, I'm going to get mine. But what I liked was that at the end, she's like, listen, man, I know everything that's going on. I just want to be in movies. Like she's not a bad guy. She's just in it for herself. And you're sure. like, oh, hell, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the dog is Betsy the dog. Um, just watch this movie to watch this dog walking in red high heels alone and you will be so happy. Yeah, it's I great. think I squealed like... Yeah, you lost it. I lost it. I yeah. did. Um, I absolutely loved seeing Eddie Murphy play uh, his brother. I thought, like you said, um, it was so perfect that there weren't... It was... This is a testament to what a great actor he is. In just his body language... His facial movements and his voice, he was a different person. He didn't need CGI or prosthetics. I mean, he had braces, but like, that's whatever. He was a different person. And it was amazing and uh, and and heartbreaking, the character. Yeah. Just, he plays him so well, and you just, you're like, oh. Um, He's a sweet guy. He did. I mean, I, I think this... Personally, and I know that that comedies don't usually get nominations. I think this is the kind of movie that he should have been nominated for, because I think that he did a gamut of emotions, Mm -hmm. and um, and just really knocked it out of the park. Um, Yeah, one of the curses of being that good is that he makes it look so easy. He does make it look easy. You know, how many (laughs) people could play two people in a movie and make you believe it? Yeah, well, and also. One and also one of those people is basically playing two people. You know, he's playing uh-huh. the badass action star who is totally having a nervous breakdown. Right. So, the, so Kit is like putting on one face for for some people and then also having a nervous breakdown. Yes. And then Jif is a, a whole other character. Yes. So, and I love so the his uh, name in the 
the character's name in Bowfinger's movie is Keith, Keith. And that's what they keep calling him. And he's like, I don't know who the fuck Keith is. Why do these people keep yelling Keith? And at the end, he's just given up. And there's mm-hmm. this moment where he sees Terrence Stamp and he just goes, I'm Keith. Like, yeah. <laughs> just joy, kind of this panicked joy in his eyes. And I was just like, this is perfect. The, um, the only other thing I wanted to say um, before I flip it back over to you is that um, uh, there's a part where, where Bowfinger says, you know, we're going to get the best crew that we can, that we can find. And then you see them picking up. I know it's totally inappropriate, but we're in Texas and we have concentration camps down here. So I think we've done far worse already. Um, We, you see him picking up four illegal immigrants and they're like super dirty and in very stereotypical clothes. And throughout the movie, he's they're learning how to you run the clapper, run the cameras, run this and that. Mm-hmm. Throughout the movie, you see them. They get cleaner. Their clothes change. They start with cell phones. They start. And then, but you're not really, you're not so much paying that much attention until, until you are. And then mm-hmm. you're like, wait a minute. And what I loved was at the rap party, they're all talking to each other. Oh, and they learn English too. You, they're all talking to each other and they're discussing like great movies. They're like, uh, blah, blah, and Citizen Kane and, and da, 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 Casablanca and blah, 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 The Godfather. And I was like, motherfucking Godfather. So there is your Godfather reference mm-hmm. from Bowfinger. Yeah. Uh, they discuss The Godfather. Yeah. I love that, like, those little side gags. Like, these guys start out in captivity wide-eyed wide-eyed forced to make a movie but for a crazy person and then at the end they're like talking in depth about how to like set up gels and change the aperture yes and, like, yes yeah, yes great. when he's like i went for a wider aperture so yeah. you could you know yeah. really work with it and you're like wait what yeah it's great yeah mm-hmm. so that i those are like my just kind of i i just sort of wrote down when i liked something yeah, i liked, liked all of it yeah you had a good time i had a great time you a eddie, lot. eddie murphy uh just Give the man something. I know. One of the things that I loved about watching this with you was, since I've seen it so many times over the past 20 years, but you didn't know anything about it. You went in super blind. So, like, you didn't even know that Eddie Murphy was going to show up again as a second character. No. As the brother. No. So, like, that was a really fun surprise and an experience to watch with you. Um, I'm really glad you liked it and we got to watch this together. Steve Martin uh, was fantastic. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, uh, in 2012... When Eddie Murphy was promoting the movie Mr. Church, he talked to Vulture. He was interviewed by Stacey Wilson Hunt. And she asked him about Bowfinger. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, I love Bowfinger. That's a funny one. It was all mostly on the page. I don't remember doing a lot of improvising. I kind of played what he wanted to play. It was all Steve Martin's creation. So giving him credit for for having a really good script. I think, you know what? That makes sense to me. Because if you have a comedian write a script then you're not going to need a lot of improv because he already well and also somebody as smart as Steve Martin I was going to say I was going to say he also Steve Martin himself as a person reminds me a lot or I should say Wes Anderson reminds me of Steve Martin that's sure, really I more that. appropriate and Wes Anderson um who went to St. John's what what Houston um Wes Anderson is super particular about his actors re- reading exactly the lines that he wrote mm-hmm. and not improvising ever. 
and he's very, very particular. Yeah, we uh, we and meticulous. We were at an event one time, a screening of Rushmore that Jason Schwartzman was attending and doing a little Q and A for at the beginning, and he was talking about his his audition, and he like kind of like went off script and was was he was kind a of baby given his vibe, and he said after that, Wes Anderson comes up and was like, "Hey, first, thank you, good job, great take," but like. I kind of wrote it the way I want to hear it. Like, so yeah. if you could just yeah. say what's on the page. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I got it. And so like, it just, he's very much like that. Like, I could see Steve Martin being that way. Like, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. do, it's funny that he's such good friends with Martin Short and they do that great. We watched that great special of them together. Mm-hmm. Steve Martin is like, I could, uh, you know, like the controlled comedy almost. Mm-hmm. And Martin Short's the, the one that I could see going way off. Right. Well, and they they still work together. They still send each other stuff if they're well, working on comedy. Because they're bits. amazing mm-hmm. and they're they brilliant. are best friends. Yeah. So I'm really glad we got to watch this. I wanted to. I'm really glad we got to talk about it too because there's lots of stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, first, I want to talk about it's a fun movie about movies. Hollywood loves making movies about itself and movies about movies. Uh, and usually, or often, I should say, they are they can be really kind of caustic or biting or like dark comedies dark satires like The Player by Robert Altman is a great example. Excellent movie. Um, It's a fantastic movie, but it's, you know, dark. Because these people are like, the thing is, Hollywood, as as we've known for decades and as we're seeing in news stories and court filings recently, is a notoriously power-mad, insecure industry with little to no oversight or governance. Run by white men, thank you very much. So these people live in this hellish industry and so they tell stories about the hellish nature of doing some of this work yeah so a lot of the movies that get made about it tend to be really barbed and skewering the interesting thing about this is he doesn't pull any punches per se like he definitely makes fun of how manipulative some of these people are how sleazy some of the people are in this industry but he does it in a kind of warm gentle welcoming way yes there's nothing abrasive or hateful or mean about this no movie. not even robert yeah. Downey jr's character exactly so um i think that's what's so great like movies that are about movies kind of tend, tend to take all shapes they could be darker of course we mentioned tropic thunder earlier a brilliant movie about movies and oh a hilarious movie lord uh another good example one of the best movies of all time is about movies singing in the rain oh mm-hmm. so do you want to start singing I'll start singing in the rain. What do we want to? Which one do we want to do though? Good morning. Good, good morning. morning. We talked the whole night through. Good, good morning. morning. You're not singing. good morning. To Debbie Reynolds. Why don't Why don't you start it where it starts? Did I, I get the? I did the second verse. I think you started the second verse. It's great to stay up late. Good, good morning. Good morning to you. Hacha. Yes. Great movie. See it. Singing in the rain. Yes. Anyway, so uh, I think it's it's. <laughs> I was really excited to show you Bowfinger because it's a great movie about movies, and those are hard to come by. You still giggling? What you giggling about? Just, I can't. You with your songs. Yeah. I can't quote any movie correctly, and he can't sing any song correctly. Together, together. we annoy everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I I introduced him to a clip of. From Family Guy, oh, of was... Peter Griffin singing, how, doing what he would. He had the money, and he's like, "Now I can finally do my Christmas album." And uh, I'm going to play it for you because it it has nothing to do with Bowfinger, but, but it me. just is Daniel. It is, and I and I'm not being it's exaggerating. Not even a little it me. is 100 like it's, it's down. Like me. Sessions presents a Peter Griffin Christmas. Featuring such standards as. Good 
everybody look at the snow in the yard. And who could forget? I brought these gifts for you. They're up in my bum. And everyone's favorite. La, 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 la. Look at the bells. Look at the bells. Holy crap, here comes Jesus. And he doesn't look too happy. I laughed, but also shuddered in recognition because yeah, it was like... as well you it. should. So, anyway, something else I was really glad we got to watch this movie and talk about uh, because it stars Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy, who are two of the smartest, most talented, most brilliant comic performers of the 20th century. And Word. Imagine, like, raw. Unparalleled. Listen to raw. And they're, they're so different, but also just so genius and great together and i was trying to think like why is it why is these why are these guys so great together and why does this movie work so well so i was thinking about them as i was doing some research and i think one of the things that makes it neat is uh they they got started so young and they've been famous for so long for a really really That's the long thing. time like steve martin both on snl yeah they're both on snl uh, around not too far apart steve martin of course is, is older he was born in 45 eddie murphy was born in 61 so when they made this movie, Steve Martin was in his mid-50s and Eddie Murphy only in his late 30s. That's how young he got started because yeah. Steve Martin uh, broke on SNL in the 70s as the stand-up was getting bigger. He yep. was, of course, a huge hit as a host and guest host and regular appearer on SNL, even if he just showed up for like Wild and Crazy Guy sketches. Uh, and so he, of course, does The Jerk in 79, takes off to, off to the races after that. Eddie Murphy starts on SNL in the fall of 80 when he is 19 years old. That he's oh my god! I had no idea he, he was, was born. Young. In, he was born in April of sixty one. Was it Mister Robertson's neighborhood? Robinson's. Robinson's neighborhood. So yeah, that's the thing. Eddie it's Murphy. One of my dad's favorite sketches. Eddie ever. Murphy's only twenty one when Forty Eight Hours comes out. Holy crap! He's that's the thing. He's been famous for so long. When Bowfinger came out, he wasn't even forty. Well, you can tell. Yeah, he's so young. Okay, that explains it because I actually looked up Boomerang, and Boomerang mm -hmm. is 92. Early, early 90s, yeah, 92. That's mm -hmm. another one he hasn't yeah, seen. Yeah, so guys. Eddie Murphy was 31 when that came out. He's so young. That's the thing. So, Baby uh, child. In different ways and on completely different paths, these, these guys owned the 1980s. Yes. They were everywhere. And so even as they kind of downshifted into the early and mid-90s, and were having fewer hits, fewer like cultural milestone level hits. Mm -hmm. They were still, of course, incredibly well known. Mm -hmm. So they do a movie like this, and you're like, oh, they're they're still so huge. They also both have a like genius gift for physical comedy. Yes. Uh, again, something we both mentioned is that Eddie Murphy convincingly plays two people, two separate people with no prosthetics, right? No, just the slump of his shoulders. Costumes. And that's the thing, like. But when they put Jif in the movie, they dress him the way Kit dresses because they have to have him double. So mm -hmm. a lot of times he's wearing the same clothes. Yep. So it's the same actor in the same outfits. Mm -hmm. And all it is is body language yep. and voice and facial expressions. And yep. it's two different people. It's stunning. He's it so really good. is. And similarly, Steve Martin is is really, really good at physical stuff too. I was doing some research about Steve Martin uh, and I found a really good piece that ran an empire in March of '09. Uh, Nick DeSemlian uh, interviewed him when he was promoting the Pink Panther 2 uh, hey. and talked lots of things. Uh, he talked to him about hey. a lot of stuff. And Was that the one with Beyonce? I don't remember. I've never seen a Pink Panther movie. Like the well, Steve Martin Pink Panther movies. Yeah, You've so. seen the... Yeah, but like I haven't I've seen shown Steve you the Martin Pink Panther movies. Pink Panthers. Yeah. So, You're welcome, America. Anyway, uh, Martin said at one point, uh, I love doing that stuff with the physical comedy. From the yeah. Pink He's like... The, these zany or more extreme movies are hard to find, you know. I did one in the 90s, Bowfinger, which was attempting to do that, but it's difficult to come up with something to justify the slapstick. He really does love 
goofy gags. And it gets to be physical in this because they're running around. They're shooting ad hoc. They yes. don't know when they're going to get kit. So they have to like scramble to shoot and pretend it's real. Yes. Steve Martin, of course, is living two lives in the character because he's shooting kit. He knows it's fake, but he has to pretend for the rest of his crew that it's real. Yes. So they're constantly scrambling and running around. There's, of course, the great scene where they have Jif pretend to be kit run across the L.A. freeway towards Steve Martin. Uh, and it's a hilarious scene. And yes. he talks in this interview, too, with Nick Dissemblian about how on paper it doesn't look like anything. It's just like guy runs across freeway. Oh, my God. And the no. execs wanted to cut it. Oh, my because God. Because of cost issues. No. Because, because of safety issues. Well, they, had to sh- they shut the freeway down for two days while they shot it. Yeah, but. Um, but, yeah, so it's also safety issues. Um, so he says, no, we got to keep it. He says, quote, in Bowfinger, there's a scene where Eddie Murphy has to run across the freeway. The studio said. We've got to cut it. It's too expensive. I said, you can't cut the funniest scene in the movie. It We're is. making a comedy. If you cut the funniest scene, what are we making? And it did turn out to be the funniest scene. Yeah, it really, I mean, it, it, it really, really was. And, yep. uh, yeah, I'm th- I was thinking about, you were saying, um, he loves slapstick. That's mm-hmm. what's three amigos right there. Yeah. He loves just goofy stuff. He says in the same piece, uh, with, with Nick assembly and, uh, quote, my job is not to be edgy or avant-garde. I don't care about that. My job is to be funny. I think it's really easy to shock. I did that all the time with my stand-up routines. That's where that began. But I realized as I got older that it's easy to be edgy. It's much harder to make a solid comedy without relying on that stuff. And uh, to so, play the banjo. Yeah, he just he just wants to be a, a goofy guy. Uh, he actually speaks about, we talked about the, the characters, uh, about, you know, Kit Ramsey is kind of a brash, a, abrasive, kind of crazy guy. And Bowfinger is manipulative too. Like he, yes. He hooks up with Daisy and also steals her credit card to pay for some supplies. Yep. yep. Uh, she sleeps with somebody else, but he was like, he just, he's like, how dare you? But then he's like, no, nah, never mind. Who cares? Uh, and so he talks about that. He says, um, if you, we, he's talking to this guy, he's like, we had, you know, the comedian Jack Benny, if you listed his qualities, you'd say this guy's terrible, stingy, abrasive, arrogant, paranoid. I believe those are the ingredients of a great comic character. When you can make that beloved, you've got gold. It's not niceness that makes characters likable. And I use the Silence of the Lambs as an example. At the end of the movie, when Anthony Hopkins goes off to kill his nemesis, you kind of like him. Yeah, you're like, yay, go get him. Exactly. That's <laughs> thing like Bowfinger. If you listed Bowfinger's on paper, you'd say like, okay, they're, they're egotistical, they're deluded, they're manipulative, they're insecure, they're paranoid. But... You know, so on paper, you're like, these people sound terrible. So they're human? Exactly. 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 Steve Martin is so good at that. Like, he's he's this very gentle, honest chronicler of humans and foibles and comedy and emotion. And there's such emotion and heart in this. The movie is not mocking these people or laughing at them. No. They're fringe Fringe of the fringe, they're losers with like deluded dreams, but it never mocks them. No, it's like in their corner the whole time. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and it's it's funny. Like he he was also asked about uh, hosting the Oscars and and being nominated. He said, you know, there was a time like in the '80s when I really wanted an Oscar, and then I realized, oh, they don't give Oscars Oscars to comedians. I thought, oh, that's fine, and then I lost all interest in it. I'm totally at peace with the whole thing now, and so I think about that because. He's so good at what he does, as is Eddie Murphy. They're brilliant in this. They're brilliant in all these things. But it's so hard for comedy to get recognized in that same way. Yeah, but Eddie Murphy has done stuff that's not comedy and has not been awarded for it. True. It's not been uh, awarded for Dream it. Dreamgirls was the big one in like 2007, when that, I think it was when that came out. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he should have Six, won for that. Seven. He was yeah. absolutely... You haven't seen Dreamgirls. 
I saw like bits and pieces on cable when it made it to HBO. So it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been a better cast. And I say that, Mm -hmm. listen, I know y'all, I know y'all know that I am not a, a Beyonce, you know, fan. I mean, I shouldn't say I'm not a fan. I have absolutely no problem with Beyonce at all. You don't wish her ill. No. You're not like, oh, Beyonce falls into But I today. couldn't tell you a single song that she sings except all my single ladies or whatever, all the single ladies, and that one where she smashes up windows. I don't know. Um, She's great. Uh, for people who love her, I'm super, super glad you love her. I love Lizzo. That's my thing. Um, But she couldn't have been better cast as mm-hmm. um the... And she even said that, as the less talented but more i guess um socially palatable um mm-hmm. uh singer and then you have jennifer hudson who was quote unquote fat right, and so nobody yeah. would have wanted her even beyonce though her voice was, conventionally was way better yes. yeah beyonce as he as um jamie fox said to her he's like yeah, i can make your voice into anything i want mm-hmm. you know jennifer hudson's voice is Epic, but uh, Beyonce could be. Oh, stop! (laughs) Um, Stop, or I'm just gonna start singing cat songs all night, and then you'll be real, real sad. Oh no! Yeah, I think that the character that Eddie Murphy plays was the desperation and the. Oh my god! I mean, I'm literally like overwhelmed right now thinking about it because he. He, it's kind of like, kind of like now, like it's like anything he can do to stay relevant. He's like, please acknowledge me. I am great at what I do. And they were like, no, we're past you now. Like, we don't want you anymore. And yeah. um, And I hope that obviously I'm glad that Eddie Murphy is not a heroin addict who kills himself. Um, Spoilers for Dreamgirls. Oh, my God. You can't spoil a movie that's been out for I know, I was being ironical. I, it was adorable. Uh-huh. No. Well, it's funny you mentioned Eddie Murphy be, doing those mm. roles, those drama roles that push beyond comedy, because, uh, again, in this Wonderful Empire piece, uh, the interviewer asked Steve Martin, have you been offered dramatic roles like cops, lawyers, or serial killers? And Steve Martin responds, no, but even if I was, there's so many good dramatic actors, what's the point? What, am I supposed to stretch or something? You know, big deal, I've done it, and I can't say it's really worked, although I liked playing in Spanish Prisoner. He goes on to say... Movies are so expensive, you have to have the audience go. And would they go if I was playing a cop? I don't think so. The interviewer says, how about Bill Murray? It's worked for him. Steve Martin says, he has a gift, though. He has a unique talent. Like, could I have done Lost in Translation? Yeah, but it wouldn't have been as good as he did it, I think. So I think Steve Martin, genuinely, he's done some dramas like uh, The Spanish Prisoner, as he mentioned. Uh, which Shop Girl. Which is good. Shop Girl, yes. Or, but most of his movies have been comic roles because I think he knows he's better at it. You know what? Go with what you're good at. Yeah. If you're like, if you're so good at comedy that you're Steve Martin, you don't need to be like, I should play a mobster. Some people want to, some people Mm -hmm. want to stretch and see what they can do. Mm -hmm. And, and some people, uh, listen, it is harder. Comedy is harder than drama. Comedy is way harder than drama. So if you are a really an amazing comedian, chances are you can probably also be a really fantastic oh, dramatic yeah. actor if you want to. It's it's so um, much harder. If you have made like you said, if you've made yourself into a literal icon, like mm-hmm. you know, when people list the mm-hmm. greatest comedians, they're gonna say Steve Martin, yeah. then fuck it. Why why bother? Yeah, you know. Unless you're like, I really, really 
am sick of comedy and want to do dramatic roles. Sure. Which some comedians do because, again, they know that Oscars don't go to comic roles. So they might want that Oscar. They also might want to stretch themselves. Again, nothing wrong with that. But I'm, I'm going to butcher the quote a little bit. It was an interview with Chris. <gasps> You're going to pull a Tracy. <laughs> it was an interview with Chris Rock a few years ago in, I want to say, New York Magazine, but I can't remember. And he said, he was talking about the difference between comedy and drama. And he's like, okay, take Gone Girl and Anchorman and then switch the directors. He's like, Adam McKay is going to get closer to Gone Girl than David Fincher can get to Anchorman. He's like, you could Adam McKay could do a convincing drama. Oh, I see what you're to. saying. Yes. But David Fincher That's what I'm saying. could not come in and, and make Anchorman. That's what I'm because saying. Because comedy is so much harder and dependent on personality Thank and tone and subjectivity. You. So uh, and yeah, that's the thing. So again, a lot of comic actors want to stretch themselves. The big one that comes to mind uh, is Jim Carrey. Yeah. Uh, I think he's another one that's been blackballed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think, so. I I think they're that. like we don't like it when you speak out. We mm-hmm. don't like it when you say what you're thinking. We don't like it that you right da da da. You know, you just be funny, be funny, dance, mm-hmm. dance. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe I want to do what about Truman Show? Are you kidding me? He didn't mm-hmm. win for that. That's bullshit. I know, great movie. It's an incredibly disturbing movie, and amazing. And he should have won. I know. If it's not obvious, I hate awards. They're dumb. I think it's insane to say that, like, when you have a comedy up next to a drama for best picture, that one is better than the other. I don't understand how you do that. I think it's a load of shit. They're just too different to compare. Like, I think you can say, like, you can say, like, okay, maybe some some movies are better than other movies. Maybe better made. Uh, talking about better, just better acted, performed, directed, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like, there's a general clustering. Yeah. When you're talking about good stuff that's so different, it's just like, how can you compare and rank? It's just, it's difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. No, uh, so, so I totally agree. Like, comedies like this, that's the thing. Bowfinger uh, was was a modest hit. It was made for about $50 million. Did they make money? It, yeah. It, oh, good. The budget okay. was $55 million. Box office was $98 million. Okay, I assumed so, it was going to be like a crushing, no. like... Yeah, they, they, no, they made some money because, well, they were originally set for release in Friday, July 30th of 99, uh, that was actually the release date, though, of Runaway Bride. They did not open that date because oh. they would have been crushed. It's the way you love me. It's Is this kissing that? Yes. Oh, I always think of ready, 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 ready to run. run. Oh, that's a all good one. All ready to do is have some fun. fun. What's all this talk about? Love. You just changed keys. They do in the song. No, you just... So no, what I was going to say is they were originally going to open in late July, which was against Runaway Bride. They were pushed back to August 27th, then scooted up to August 13th, which makes sense. August is kind of a dying off month. The big summer blockbuster season is winding down, especially yes. 20 years ago. So they opened up. They the opened against. has already been released. Yeah. They opened against Broke Down Palace and Detroit Rock City. Holy shit. So they did fine. Yeah. Uh, Broke Down Palace. Sucky bummer of a movie. One of the most depressing, awful movies I've ever seen. Claire Danes and Kate Beckinsale, they get roped into being drug smugglers, thrown into a Thai prison. Jesus Christ, that movie made me sad. And they get they get locked up for 33 years. Claire Danes, the only reason one of them gets out, Claire Danes begs the king of Thailand. So she's like, I'll stay and do my friend's sentence if you let her out. So he lets her out. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah, it's horrible. It's such a fucking bummer. Yeah. It's not a fun or good movie. No, don't go to Thailand and don't go to Thailand. Do drugs. That's the lesson. It's like in Taken. Don't lie to your parents. I yes, I have a very talented photographer friend, Will Hutchton. 
um, you should look him up on um, Instagram, H-U-C-H-T-O-N, Will Hutchton. He is in Thailand right now. Will, do not become a drug mule. Don't do it, dude. The I money's not worth it. I love you too much. I do not want to have to come bail you out. Don't break bad. Oh, my God. Please don't. But he's a very talented photographer. You yeah, should check do out that. his work. Do that. Please, please don't go to prison. Yeah. I like when we jump from stuff like Bowfinger to Thailand prisons. This is our life. Thai prisons. This is our life. This is our podcast. This is, this is every damn day of my life. This Just is trying how... to keep up with, like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Sorry. Is this my fault? No, it's my fault, too. We both ping pong around. <laughs> I think that's why people like the podcast. You'll be stone I silent in our what... house, and you'll be like, so anyway, hamburger buns. And I'm like, what? <laughs> is happening right now we haven't spoken in 20 minutes and when we we weren't talking about hamburger buns what happened in my mind (laughs) in my mind apparently he woke me up this morning and then was worried that i had had nightmares and i was like no laura had a party at a hotel and uh liam neeson was there and he was a friend of my dad's and he was the head of the kgb and he's like and then i just went back to sleep and he's like Mm-hmm. okay yep that's our life that's my girl so come join us so yeah i mean con- not in bed don't please it's, it's well i mean send a picture first yeah uh send yeah. me a picture first whoa copy me oh okay yeah send it not seen this pod at gmail.com <laughs> so we'll all see it uh anyway yeah. that's bowfinger i love this movie it's Absolutely. a hilarious funny smart it's it's a satire of Hollywood, but it's not mean or angry. It's more just like a send up of stuff. It's got it these, was very much a send up. It's got yes. these goofy, you know, they're happy in the end. Goofy characters, and it all works out. Like it's just it all works out great. Like it's it, everything's fine. It's a genuine comedy. Uh, like it's just it's it's a really fun movie, and I I love this movie. Yeah. I'm so glad you had a good time. It is it. a it is a movie that I recommend to anybody who just wants to laugh and feel good, but mm-hmm. also see a good movie. So. Yeah. You're not you're not gonna have to sit and like, oh I don't want to say you're not have to sit and think, but you're not gonna have to sit no, and be like, like we've just been watching Mindhunter and like you know ripping our minds apart. Right. Um, if you just want to like just laugh and enjoy real comedy by the best of the best, mm-hmm. then you watch this movie. Yeah, like you're watching Masters at Work. Yes. They're so good. Yes. They're so good. I mean, Christine Baranski's role is very small. But what she does with it is fucking That's, perfection. Which is a sign of how genius she is because yes. she, she's not even on screen that much, doesn't have that much dialogue, but her character feels fully realized and totally real and hilarious and relatable. Yep. Like, just great. Great work from everybody. Yes. Great movie. Yes. Yeah, it's a great one. I loved mm-hmm. it. Awesome. You did well. I, I'm glad you think so. You did very, very well. Awesome. And now the... the uh, the stakes have been raised for your next movie. Oh crap! Okay, so we've done. So now I got it. Maybe we'll do a poll for the next one. I don't need that pressure. I need to suck, and then I have no pressure, so I can show you whatever. But may, no, but I mean, oh no, I'm talking about for me to show you. Oh, that's fine. Maybe I'll do our first poll. Yeah, do it. Why not? Do we have anybody? We'll Just see. for all our patrons, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, if we do it now or later, we'll we'll do a poll sometime. We both got super jacked when we saw that one of our new patrons is someone that neither of us know. We're very excited about all of our patrons, obviously. Hello. But the fact that the fact that you uh, don't know us and still wanted to give us money is really, really sweet. Thanks, dude. I, I feel like, you know, 
my dad just kind of looks at both of us and sighs and socks away money because he's like, well, I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do with these two, but right. you believe in us, don't you? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say your name in this episode. No. I'm going to surprise you with it. Yeah. And if you want, if you're one of our people who we're going to say your name and you want us to like promote a business that you do, like if you're uh, an artist or you have like a, I mean, not if you're like a Nazi or something, but right you know i don't know if that's like a business thing i think it's more yeah we'd like to stay away from anything hate-based or illegal (laughs) in general but if you're like a painter or an accountant so and so's business in okie then yes we will okie is real but i forget where it is i think it's in louisiana florida oh no it is in florida you're right okie okie okay that sounds like you're saying like okay you like 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 goodbye for now you're like okie Maybe that's what I'll start saying to you. Okie finoki. Like, I'm like, gotta go. And you're like, okie finoki. And then you're like, well, Well, this marriage had a good run. She's she's fine. (laughs) She's crackers. She fell and hit her head. She's okay. She's. she's Oh, Lord. Okay, so wait. We've done two from 99 in a row. I'm wondering, are you. Matrix wasn't like. You guys were talking about Matrix 4. Like, so you talked about Matrix, but you. No, we really talked about The Matrix. But no, you talked just as much about Reloaded and Revolutions. Okay, this is what I'm going to ask you guys. Daniel doesn't think that y'all are ready for an old film yet. And I think you are. So I'm going to ask, do you, and I'll put this poll out, are you ready for a movie that came out before 1970? Yep. Because I've got some humdingers, and I think that it's time we break them out. Let's do it. Let's explore cinema history. Let's explore our bodies. Whoa. While we explore cinema history. Good night. (laughs) My tickle box is turned over tonight. Yep. Your giggle box? Your tickle box? My tickle box. Your tickle box. We've had this argument, and I win every time. But it makes sense if a giggle box is turned over because the giggles fall out. That's why you're laughing. Do I? How How do I win this argument? You tickle me. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Please, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend because Mm -hmm. we want to get as many people listening and and, um, just being a part of us. Um, Yes. And um, being a part of the the crew and um, sorry, Daniel showed me something and I... Lost the community, my train of thought. the family, the internet. Yes. We're happy to have Rate, you Rate, review, subscribe, and share. Download. Oh, yeah, that's the thing we talked about on the little intro to the Patreon, but I'll say it again here. Uh, if your parents have a cell phone <laughs> with the podcast app, go to the podcast app, subscribe. Don't tell them to do this. No, it's fine. Terrible. It's, it's minimal data usage. Subscribe to our podcast so it'll automatically download onto their phones. They'll never see it or listen to it. Or care, and we'll get the downloads, and so everyone benefits. And then, and if they stumble across it, you know what they get? Wonderful hours of entertainment. You swearing a lot. Yeah, I'm real sorry. Anyway, we also have to do our hell yes. Hell yeses. Hell yes. Hell yeah. Hell yes, where we talk about something that's been great for us this week, or something that we're grateful for, or something that's just great. And uh, I will go first. Hello, 
Do you want me to go first? Please. Okay. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice stalling. Hello. I'd like to talk to you about dental hygiene. Um, <laughs> Do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior? <laughs> Today we're addressing gingivitis. Uh, no. Uh, I once watched a cartoon in sex ed called that had a character named Captain Condom in it. Oh. Go ahead. Take it away. Cool. Well, what's your hell? What's your hell yeah? Uh, I got a lot of hell yes. Um, I'll I'll just pick a fun one. Um, this the sizzle reel that just came out for the for the new Star Wars movie. Oh, I was like that was fun. Like I'm, I'm down. I I want to see this. Uh, as as I've talked about with friends, Tracy and I don't go to the movies a ton. I would rather just wait and watch them a couple months later at home for like not fifty bucks out. For the night, plus people and crowds and craziness. Uh, I'd rather just wait for them to come to my house. Uh, but we usually go to the theater to see the big stuff uh, that we really want to see. And Star Wars is usually one of those. Uh, so I, I've i been looking forward to to this Star Wars. I've, I've dug the, f- the first two. I cry at every trailer. In the in the new ones, I liked Force Awakens. I liked Last Jedi. I thought the, the, we both did. We the loved fake it. outs and reinventions fight and me. twists they did were really cool. I hope they don't change any of those weird twists. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this movie because I just think these are really fun stories that just take me back to my childhood in a lot of fun ways. So yeah, the sizzle reel that just came out for the new Star Wars was really fun. And I'm like, yeah, I'm excited to see that. So That's three weeks in a row that you've done a trailer. I do these a lot. Okay, I'm just saying. Is that wrong? No. It's movie related, which is thematically appropriate. Oh, okay. So our hell yes have to be movie related. They don't have to be, but I don't think I get penalized for them being movie I'm related. I'm just saying, couldn't kill, Judges? kill you to do something a little... Per- the cat says okay. The cat is not even facing you. But emotionally, she's saying it's okay. My hell yeah will be our... Um, will My hell yeah... Mine is that is our is our new Patreon page. I'm very excited at the at the idea of of involving our listeners, and um and I'm super super appreciative of people who choose to share their hard earned money with us, uh, because we're not getting paid clearly, um and we are not looking for um. A handout we're, we're giving you something and um it just means a lot that that we can um help pay a little bit of of how much it costs to bring this to you and we love you guys yeah. so we're it means a lot about offering fun bonuses fun rewards kind of getting out there uh again this is a labor of love for us we just love doing it we just yeah. have a good time with it so we just love sharing the goofy conversations we have with people. If you want, um, we can start having Sadie do um, paintings for you. Yeah, that could be something. I will. I will. Just real quick, word of caution: she's not good at painting. No, but she's never painted. I. I. You know what? We could try it and see what happens. Okay. That could be a bonus gift. Outside. I don't want to do that inside. Oh, I think it would be so much fun. That's an outside activity. That's an outside activity. All right, we love you guys, and we will see you uh, next week. Bye. Be good. If your whole life 
somehow Wasn't much till now And you've almost lost Your will to live No matter what you've been through Long as there's breath in you One more time. 